everyone. Welcome to the Biz Talk Live Show. We have another broadcast, another entrepreneur this week. I am Shantae R. Roddy. I am your host. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you are here. I see you all coming in. So we just want to invite you in, right, to get comfortable and get ready to hear another entrepreneur story. That's why we're here, to allow you to, to to hear other entrepreneurs' journeys and everything that they went through, to hear their story so that you can be inspired and empowered to, um, to pursue your dreams, right? And that you can be equipped with tools so that you thrive in business. So that's why we are here and we're glad that you are here. Uh, we ask that you come on in, hit the love button for us if you love entrepreneurship and small business. And also feel free to drop a comment. Please say hello. We we see you out there. Just say hi. Uh, let us know who you are. If you missed the live, want to come back for the replay, hashtag replay, right? Okay, so um, we want to get right into it. We have a new, another fabulous guest. Um, she actually live in my, lives in my hometown. Her name is B. Marie Crawford. Hi, um, hi, B. Marie. Hi, how are you? Good. And she is the CEO of Motivated and Empowered Inc. So I love that. So we want to talk more about that. So welcome in, B. Marie. Can you tell us about yourself and your business? What do you do and who you serve? Certainly. So I'm B. Marie. Um, I've been doing this entrepreneurship journey for about 12 years now. It's something that I fought. <laughs> I didn't think that it was something that I really wanted to do. Or I was cut out to do because I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I run a ministry, I work a full-time job, and I go to school. So how can I run a business in spite of all of this? But um, it was placed on my heart that I needed to help young girls and young women overcome the adversity that they face in everyday life and give them the power that they need to feel motivated and empowered to just be their best me. So that's what we do. We go around, we try to empower the girls, we try to motivate them in different ways. I've designed curriculums for schools to teach the girls self-esteem, suicide prevention, character building, how to have a sisterly relationship, how to be accountable for the things that goes on in life. Um, and then I just launched into motivational speaking. And I am writing a workbook for the older generations called Broken to Grace, just teaching you how to get from that broken place in your life to a place of grace and happiness. That is fantastic. That is so awesome. So you said that you've been, you just ran down everything that you're doing. So I know all of the, all of us women can relate to that, to that, right? We, we have multiple things going on and we're entrepreneurs and managing multiple businesses. So you've been working in this capacity, you said, for 12 years. So is this a nonprofit organization or a for-profit? So Motivated and Empowered is a nonprofit organization. Um, when I first started it, I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. Um, but working with young girls in the community, I felt that the nonprofit way was the best way for us to go um, because we're able to receive so much more funding, so much more support. And the fundraising that we can do without having to pay the taxes and stuff, it's just more beneficial for what I do. Awesome. So I heard you say, right, that with everything that you have going on with family, with work and all of that, 
that you really were fighting being entrepreneurs. So I want to talk about that because I know a lot of other uh, entrepreneurs are in that same. You're being called, but you're not necessarily like you're you're kind of like scared of that call and and a step out on faith. So can you tell us about what that process was like when you decided to really take this leap? Although you there was some nervousness in you, and you had a lot going on. What was it that made you say yes to that call? So I received the call of entrepreneurship at 19. And I was in total doubt because I had a hard life growing up. And I was like, how can I do this? Like, I've failed at so many things. I got so much stuff going on. How can I do this? It was a situation where I kept running from it. And it kind of like just fell in my, my lap to a point where it was I was uneasy about it like I would see girls going through stuff in a community I would watch the news and I'll see something happen to a young girl she's missing she's been raped she's been killed or something like that or I would go to drop off my sister at school and I would see the girls walking around not carrying themselves in a certain manner and it was like something was pulling at my heart like this is why you need to do what I've been you've been called to do you're not doing what you need to do. And now look at these girls. They're missing out because you're not doing what's inside of you to do. Um, so it was like, it was kind of a heart pull. And I felt, and it was like accountability. I felt like I'm not doing my part. So, so many other young girls are suffering at this moment. Um, so when I started to just begin to believe in the call and trust that, okay, if I've been called to it, I've been equipped to do it. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to fail. I'm going to make mistakes, but that's okay. And that's when I was really able to walk into the entrepreneurship life. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I always say we, we, are, we are called for a reason. There are people literally waiting for us. They're, they're waiting for our solution to their problem. And right. I like that you decided to take that step because it's so important for us to walk in our purpose and our because it's always going to pull on you. And when you know that it's something that you're supposed to do is that you feel it. Into, it's like you feel it in your bones. It's yeah. like every part of you, you're like, it's calling you. Right. And so yeah. people are just waiting on us to show up and say yes to the call because there's such a, there's such a great need. So right. it's such a wonderful thing that you were able to, to feel that need. And that's kind of what I did when I started my movement. And I'm starting a, a, even another movement is you see the problem out there and you're like, okay, is anybody else doing anything about it? But the thing is, is that you're called to it, right? And I was like, and I was trying to push it off on somebody else. Oh, I'll be in the background and I'll put, give you the idea. And all the while God was like, nope, it wouldn't work out because I, it was, I was called to lead it, right? So right. that's super fantastic. So you were called to these girls, right? And to help women, to motivate them and make sure to get them empowered. Tell us about how, what the journey was like with the startup process for this, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs um, that not only have for-profit businesses, but they have a nonprofit arm um, or, or they have a nonprofit period in their business. So um, and it's a lot of challenges to that. So tell us what the process was for starting this up and what, if any, challenges you encountered. So it's so funny that you said they have like a different arm because I started as a nonprofit 
and then I'm launching the Be Marie side as a for-profit. So I have the both aspects, but the struggle was really hard. So I originally started um, my organization in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I lived there for five years with my husband, and we started under a whole different name, Open Minds, Open Hearts in Nashville. And I didn't know anything about starting a business, right? So I went and just got an LLC, did it for profit, and then wanted to go get funding, and I couldn't. So I was just, like, doing stuff for free. I wasn't making any money. Nothing was coming in. Nothing was going out. I was just giving my time. So when I moved to Cleveland, I decided, okay, I'm going to dissolve the business in Nashville, and I'm going to do some research on what's best for me. So I started my nonprofit, super excited, got it off to a good start, and then I started coming across things like articles of incorporation, writing my bylaws, writing my conflict management program, and things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, nobody told me that this was all entailed in starting a business. So I started actually my doing this in around January of 2017, trying to get the bylaws written, trying to get the orders of incorporation, trying to get incorporated the right way, trying to get my sales license for the state of Ohio, things that I didn't know that I need to register as a charity for the state of Ohio. Um, So it took me a year to do that. And then it was, okay, let's try to figure out how do I do a website at a low cost because I am a nonprofit. So I don't have money coming in that I can spend uh, up front to get started with my business. Um, and then I said, okay, I got so excited that I was, okay, I'm going to jump ahead. And I held a gala last year. It was a fundraiser gala because my ultimate goal is to open a youth center for the girls. And I wanted to just be a place where they can come and get all the resources they need, whether it's mental health, educational, college prep, whatever they need, I wanted to do it. So I said, I'm going to hold a gala and I'm going to raise all this money and it's going to be the most amazing thing. And I failed. Okay, so it was the hardest part of entrepreneurship that I've ever had to be in. And I began to doubt myself. I became sad. I actually went into a depression behind it because I was like, how did I feel like this? Like I had all these people behind me. What happened to the people who were supporting me? How did I feel? I ended up being in a hole four thousand dollars after the gala. And I was so I was so, so sad. And then I said, "Okay, let me look into my resources. So I always tell entrepreneurs, look for free resources. And my aunt, don't know how I didn't know this, is the director for the um, Urban League. (laughs) Okay? And she put me in in, with all these different resources, all this free stuff, business coaching. And then they said, look, let's figure out how this nonprofit can pull money in minimum and without you having to open the youth center right now. So then that's when I launched my curriculum and the Pearl program was just a part of us. So I go into the schools and I teach the girls different classes. And at the end of the year, we have a cotillion. So I said, okay, I can do this. I began to just break my business down into steps. And as I began to do that, doors started opening and then the call became greater. And that's when I launched into the women's side. And now I'm back at the beginning of how to start a for-profit under my nonprofit. So I will always tell people, it's okay to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You are going to feel defeated, but learn to do it step by step. Don't lose sight of the big vision, but don't start with the big vision. Yeah, because um, I know I'm a visionary, and I know a lot of the the entrepreneurs that um, are in my circle, we're all big visionaries. But the thing is, is that, 
it can get so overwhelming. So it's important to like break it down to chunks, like you just said, right? Um, and look at each little milestone, focus on one thing first, succeed at that, move on to the next. Um, so it's not that you can't, your, your entire vision can't come to fruition. It definitely can with the plan and not tackling it all at once. And I'm so glad that you were so transparent because that's so important. Um, I was just talking to a girlfriend the other day about that because um, a lot of times we're on social media, people give you the glamorized view of entrepreneurship. They don't give you the real, the real behind the scenes, the yeah. struggles, the, the challenges. And what you said about your event, that happened to me, right? And um, it is devastating because that's your baby. It's just like birthing a baby. That is your baby. And to see it like not work out how you envision, you have to grieve that loss, right? So you have to take that time, grieve the loss, um, and then proceed forward. Okay, that didn't work. What can I do differently? What do I need to do um, to make things happen and, and just move forward? So um, I'm so glad that you brought that up with that event and you didn't let that stop you. No. Yeah, you did. Did, but I well, me too. And I said, I, I was questioning, do I want to do this again? I was like, I don't know. The people not supporting who I thought was going to support, who said that they weren't going to support. Um, but it's all part of the, of the growth process. So that failure was not in vain. It was not for not. Um, it was actually to move you closer to what you're doing now. Right. That's, that's um, so that so that's great. And so now you're having like a cotillion. So what what is the age range of the of the girls that you typically work with? So typically what I work with under um, it's broken out into age groups. So I start at 10 and I go up until like 26. Um, oh, wow. Thing is broken differently. So I have what's called the Pearl program, and I do that for any school, um, any any school that wants to have a girl program, and it's a school year long, and we go through all these different courses, and we combine it with all the schools that I take under me, and they all graduate together. But then I have a program; it's called the Turnaround Program, and that's for girls who are like chronically suspended from school, and we're trying to teach them, hey, there's importance to high to a high school diploma. You may not want to go to college. But there's important behind having your education. And I always tell my girls, people in the world can take everything from you, your house, your money, your cars. But one thing they cannot take from you is your education. Because how smart you are and what you have here, no one can take that from you. Um, so that's part of our programming. And then we also have a program that's called A Better Me. And that's for girls who are first-time offenders. And we're trying to pull them out of the juvenile system before they get too far and it's all part of my story it's all things that i've encountered um and then i also start working with the girls at 18 and make sure that when they get to college they have the things they need they know how to fill out the financial aid they have the books they have the scholarships they understand that if you take 15 credit hours you need to study two times that hour. So you need to be studying 30 hours a week. This is your full-time job. You can't afford to work a full-time job in college. So these are the things that you need to set up so that you can be successful. And now I just recently launched into helping women 26 and above. No cap on that. And that's where the B. Marie comes in. And I've become the overcomer coach. So I'm teaching people how to overcome obstacles of life, how to not allow their failures in their past to be a detriment to their future. 
Awesome. Okay. So with all these things you have going on in your nonprofit and starting your um, your new, the for-profit arm, how are you doing this? Do you have a team? So I do a lot of it a lot by myself. Um, but I always tell people that I have a team and my husband. My husband wears so many hats. Um, he's my finance guy. He's my setup guy. He's my cheerleader. But I recently have decided I just established my board. So I do have an amazing board um, that if I need to call and I need to give them something, they have that. And then I have an assistant. And I didn't need that. Didn't think I needed an assistant, but I needed somebody who can push me, who can remind me, who can keep me on track. So uh, just taking little steps. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to start off with five different people. No, I'm going to use the people that's around me, who loves me, who supports me, and who shares my vision. And I'm going to use them until I can do better. Absolutely. That's so great. So it's great to have a circle. So I'm glad that you said that, um, that you have a spouse that is very supportive. Sometimes people are challenged in that area. So I always like to see when entrepreneurs have their spouse, like as their like right-hand partner, right? Um, really helping you um, push your mission forward. I think that is so um, awesome. Um, and not just that, having a husband, but um, also having a circle of um, entrepreneur um, goal friends, right? It, yes. that, that can support you, that can relate to the things that you go through. How important do you think it is as an entrepreneur for you to have those solid, a community, of support for yourself um, and other entrepreneurs? It makes a difference. A difference that is irreplaceable because when I started this journey out, I did not have a circle. And I noticed that I became overwhelmed. I became uh, disappointed. I counted myself out. But to have that circle, they can see sometimes the things that you cannot see. They can encourage you sometimes when you don't feel like being encouraged. And it feels so good to let people do stuff. I'm in one of those people, I, I, I feel like it's not going to be right if I don't do it. Nobody's going to write this letter like me. Nobody's going to send this email like me. They're not going to set this table like me. They're not going to do nothing the way I want it. But I had to literally begin to pray for people who had the same vision and had a heart like mine. So I needed them to love the girls like I love them. I needed them to be overcomers like I'm an overcomer. So that when I walk away, I know that we have the same heart and that whatever I'm feeling, they're feeling, and they're going to go ahead with it with the same passion I would. Absolutely. So let me let me go back a little bit um, to the to your your journey. Is there anything that you would go back and do differently? Yes. And if so, um, what would you do? Several things. The first thing I would do is take more time. There's no time limit on when you're supposed to be what people consider successful. Everybody has their own timeline. Everybody has their own window. And everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. And you have to be able to work through that. And it's okay if it takes you... 50 years to get to what you consider success, which you said that big vision. It's okay. 
I will also do differently. I will allow people to help me. And I think one of the reasons why I did fail at the first gala because I took so much on on myself. If I would have delegated and if I would have let people help me when they asked, then things would have been more smoother. And when people ask you to say to help you, say yes. If they ask, that's who they want to. Allow them to help you. Um, and honestly, what I would do different now is just manage my time better. When you did that uh, yesterday about the calendar, about time management, mm-hmm. time management is so essential. It definitely is. I mean, we talked about that all the time for us entrepreneurs. And I know our audience it can relate to that um, because she was talking about training I was providing uh, yesterday. Uh, but there are so many tools available to us. Sometimes we don't know about them. So that again, that's why it's good to be part of a community, be yes. part of a network so you can learn new things. We're expert at what we're expert in. We're strong at what we're strong in, but we're not an expert in everything. And that's where you gain insight. You gain knowledge, right? You get to learn new things. And you're just like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. And yes. it could be, you could be one person, one opportunity away from the next level of your business. Um, and so one tool away. So it could be one thing that you're like, it flips the switch for you. And you're like, right. it makes all the difference. Because time is money. You can't yes. get back time. You, you can get more money. You can't get back time. Right? Can't roll back. That's the truth. I tell people that I say time is the most valuable gift you can give somebody because you can never get that second or that minute or that hour back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned your board because I was going to ask about that um, since you are a nonprofit. Can you talk about the process? Because I, I know a lot of people, like you said in the beginning, you really didn't know and they don't know. They start a nonprofit. They don't know what all is involved. Um, and I know a lot of nonprofits that struggle with their boards. Um, they're really challenged because you, you have to have a board, but you need a functioning and effective yes. board, not just to say you have people on your board or for them to say that they have t- a title and that they're not aligned with your mission. They don't care about your mission and they're not going to help move your mission forward. So if you could talk a little bit about the process um, of uh, creating your board, bringing on your board, um, what that was like, that I think that would be very helpful to our audience. Establishing the board was the hardest thing I had to do. Um, I had to actually fire my first board. Um, everybody. You have to be intentional about who you allow in that room with you. Because, one, you're giving them so many privileges. People don't understand the privilege that a board has. They privilege to your banking information. They're privileged to the, your the voting rights. They can vote you out of your own nonprofit. So you have to be very uh, careful in who you're picking to be on the board. So one thing I always say is, do character tests. I do character tests for my board. So there's a thing you can use on ND, and it's like a questionnaire, and you can ask these certain questions, and it'll rate them on a scale of their character. Um, are they good? Do they have, you know, you take those tests for jobs all the time. You know, strongly agree, disagree. And use those tools so that you can see the mindset that someone is in. But also, try to learn their story. Make sure that their story aligns with your mission. 
because sometimes people just like you're looking for just a number so you can get your nonprofit status. Some people are just looking for the board title to put on their resume. So make sure that they really have a heart for what you're doing and that they have a heart to serve. Um, and then thirdly, uh, meet with your board. Don't just have a board and you're not meeting with them. Give them tasks. Expect, give them expectations. Your board should be adding value to your nonprofit. So one of my requirements for my board is you have to raise a certain amount of money on this board. So sometimes on a board, you pay month a, a fee yearly to be on the board. For me, I'm like, hey, let's do fundraising. This is your goal for the year as a board member. And that's how you know if they're serious about being on the board or not. Those steps right there are essential. From there, you can go anywhere with your board. You can just build relationship and go from there. But those are the main points that I think that you need to start with with the board because your board is so essential in a nonprofit. And people don't understand what a board is because I didn't. Right. And when I start opening my bank account and they start saying, oh, let me get the board address, phone number, who can sign this? I'm like, uh-oh, wait a minute. She going to have access to my money? Uh, let me rethink about that. So, and make sure their character is right. Because I lost funding because my first board member, one of my members, she, they went on her Facebook page. And when they went on her Facebook page, it didn't align with my mission. So they said, how can you have a mission that says this, but the people on your board is doing that? We don't want to back you. I lost $10,000. I was devastated. Um, but it was a learning process. It was a learning curve. So now I know. I need to check your Facebook before I put you on my board. I need to check your social medias. So, so many nuggets. I mean, those of you that have nonprofits, even if you have a for-profit business, what you just said right there for Facebook, I have been I have been telling people that, and people got upset with me for saying that. And I'm just like, it's just a reality. If you are online, be aware. And I said it the other day, people are watching you. And people that you don't know are watching you. And people that could be potential customers, clients, business partners, funders for your cause, for your mission, are looking at your Facebook page. And just know that. And uh, take accountability and responsibility for, yes, you can post whatever you like, but it just know that you need to be considered when you are in business, whether it's a for-profit or non-profit, how your content will be received. And people look at what you're posting and people, because people say this, they say, oh, my business is, is one thing. I'm separate from my business. And, and my page is private. No, you think you it's are your business. You are your business. And people, especially when people are looking to give you money, if that's for profit or nonprofit, they're looking at you first. Yes. They're looking at you. You are the business. You are the face of your business. You are the owner of your business. So your mission, what you have on paper, needs to align with your actions. And if it doesn't, it can cost you. And that is a perfect example. The, a member of her board cost her $10,000 because the mission, they didn't feel, they saw her Facebook page and it didn't align with her mission. They, they saw her board members. Yeah. So that's why it's so important when you're selecting board members or anyone really to be on your team because they, what they say, their actions, their behavior, 
can have a detrimental impact on you and your business and your reputation. So um, be conscious of that. And when you're selecting people to be part of your team. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. No, I'm transparent when it comes to anything. I'm one of those people I tell people, I'm an open book. You ask me, I'm going to tell you because I feel like everything that I went through is because I'm about to bring somebody else through. So I don't never, sometimes I'm ashamed and it hurts me, but I have to be transparent because I know that I'm about to save somebody else in my transparency. So I'm always open. And you're definitely saving other people because I can't, there's so many people don't know this. And so many people don't know about the the, the uh, nonprofit and all that's required. They don't know about setting up a board and what's required of their board. They don't know about um, business etiquette. And especially with regards to social media and how you show up and who is looking at you. People are watching you all the time. People are watching you all the time. Okay, so you've been in business 12 years. So tell us what has been for you your biggest success thus far in your business. My bits is seeing one of my girls go to college. That to me, let me know that it's not in vain. To let me know that what I pulled into her mattered. And one of my girls, I actually share her story all the time on my social media. Uh, she actually works on my team in Nashville. Um, she comes from the hardest of the hardest lifestyle. You go to the north side of, ten- of Nashville, and you're like, whoa, how you going to make it out of here? Um, she, When I met her, she had a bad attitude. She cussed me out. She was in the game. She was fighting and everything else. <laughs> but to see her in her senior year of college, with a job in a car with no kids, it makes me smile. And my assistant, actually my assistant is one of my girls that was from my church youth group. So to even see her now be my assistant and be so successful, it just does my heart good. So anytime that I can see one of my girls get from one level to the next, when I can see one of my women overcome that broken relationship, that's what success looks like to me. It's not the money. It's not the car. It's not the house. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, that's good. But to see the impact and that I know that it wasn't in vain, that's success to me. Absolutely. And I like that. Not only with your daughter, but the come up uh, supporting women, period. But to see the transformation in your daughter. And when we're transformed, when we evolved as people and in our businesses, people around us see that. They're attached to that, right? And she's not even my reporter. But I just, me and my husband just took to her like that. So she's our child. Like, my kids, my oldest is four. But, you know, to us, that's our daughter. And that's why I say I love my husband because he has the same passion and the same heart that if I'm going to take to a girl, He's going to sow into them just as much as I am. And it, it does my heart so good. So everybody always like, my kids like, oh, that's my sister. But that's not really my daughter. But I just took her under my wing. And I just, I love her so much that that's my child. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't have to be blood. You know how many how many children I have that are not blood? I, I don't have any blood children, like birth. I didn't birth any, but I have many, many, many um, children. And I think more of that is needed. So I I love what you're doing and the impact that you're making in the life of young girls and young women, because it's so needed, right? 
and and getting a hold of of women when they're young and sowing into them, pouring into them at a very young age is so important um, in in their lives. Like, and to see how you can go from being off track and going down a terrible path and you, the right person comes into your life and that makes all the difference. Yes. That makes all the difference because some people don't have love in their lives. Some people don't have parents, right? Yep. Or they have, they have absent. They could be in the household and be absent and out the household and be absent. And that's, so me. We, that's where I came from. That was my story. And that's why I was like, I can't allow another girl to endure what I endured. Exactly. And so you're filling that gap, right? Yes. And you, you, you're like filling that, that space in their heart. Um, so that, that is definitely a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. So how do you define success for yourself? So, you know, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, what is, like, how can I define success for me? And like I said previously, just knowing that I have an effect, it can be the littlest thing. Like, every year we give away backpacks. We do a backpack drive, right? My nonprofit every year. To me, that success is one person's backpack because I know that I made a difference in this one child's life. Um, if I get one girl who does not want to commit suicide anymore, to me, that's success. So a lot of people try to measure success on a greater scale. They try to measure it by the money that they obtain from something, the car that they're driving, the house that they live in. To me, success is the impact that I make. Because I know that for me, when I make an impact, I'm storing up my own riches. And I may not receive it now, but I'll receive it later. So I'm just like, I'll, I'm eventually going to reap what I sow. So that's Absolutely. how I look at success. Right. If, if, you, if you follow your purpose and your mission, the money is going to come. But you can't be going following the money. You have to pursue your, use your gifts to answer the call, to fulfill your purpose, and the money will come. Yes. So I, I'm with you. I don't focus on money. I know the money is going to come and I position myself. I, I prepare, I plan, like you said, you, you learn and you put the right practices in place. But the people that the people that you're impacting, the businesses that you're impacting, the lives that you're impacting is what's most important. And for me, I agree. It, that's the most rewarding. That that is what makes you uh, impactful. And I can, I think I can speak on the behalf of all purpose-driven entrepreneurs, right? If you're purpose-driven, you have you're on a mission, and that mission is the most important thing. So um, that is that is super fantastic. So I wanted to talk about the overcomer, and I know you said that you help women overcome different challenges that they've encountered, right? Yeah. Um, what would be two or three tips that you would offer for mm -hmm. women to, to grab hold to, to help them overcome any challenge in life? I'm, it's so funny you ask that because right now on my personal Facebook, I'm doing seven, seven tips for seven days on how to overcome. Oh, nice. And today is number three. Um, so the first tip that I gave them, and this is literally how I overcame so many things in my life. Um, the first tip was that you have to make up in your mind 
you're going to do it. A lot of people always say, oh, no, you got to start praying. You got to do this. You got to do that. No, it starts with yourself. You have to make up in your mind, I am going to overcome this situation. I am going to beat it. And then when you make up in your mind that you're going to do it, the second step is you have to believe that you already have because it's all mental. It's, it's, it, once you say, okay, I've made up my mind. I'm going to do it. I believe I can do it. The third step I tell people is take your medicine. And the medicine that I'm talking about is whoever your higher being is, whatever that you're studying, allow that to penetrate your heart. Once you begin to fix the heart, then you begin to heal. And then when you begin to heal, then you can take on the take on the things that's in your life that's defeating you. And then you can move to the next steps. Love that. Taking your medicine and healing your heart. But you're so right. I talk about this all the time. This is like the most important thing. And it's the, I think, the number one challenge that we as entrepreneurs must overcome and is a barrier to our success is our mind, our mindset. And breaking these beliefs. It's a battlefield. It's a battlefield. I just got finished talking on a podcast with a fellow entrepreneur. It's a battle of the mind. And you have to just go after it with all you have. Believe in yourself. Believe in and in what God has, the gifts he's given you, the vision he's given you, the calling he's put on your life, no matter what challenges, tests, trials come, because they will. And there's always new ones and, and bigger ones at every level that, you know, because I don't want people to be, um, to not understand that the more success you have, the, the more, more challenges come, right? Mm -hmm. That That is true. Your new tests, bigger tests come. You don't just, you don't just wave it out and just relax and you reach a certain level and it's all done. No. Entrepreneurship, <laughs> that's why it's called a journey. And yes. it's not ever a final destination, right? You're always on the journey. It's just you have you have little you have pit stops. Exactly. And then it's on to the next level, right? And then so I think if you understand that, you can better appreciate the process, the journey, and the role I think that failure plays in it because. Failure is just lessons. It's just a step in the process. Exactly. It's not the end. And that's what I had to learn. It wasn't the end. And it's not a reflection on you of being a bad person because, yes. and I said that because I know there's a lot of us, we're, we're perfectionists um, and we're, crit we're critical of our own selves. It doesn't take somebody else criticizing us. We criticize ourselves and we're very hard on ourselves. Um, so it's important to Put everything in perspective, and it's that's why it's good to have other people surrounding you because sometimes you don't think clearly, and you need other people to show you what what the real is and be honest and real with you. Because if you don't if you don't have friends and people in your circle that's going to be honest and real, right, and that has your back, right, and that will support you, they don't need to be in your circle. Correct. That's that's true. So. Um, okay, so th those are some tips on overcoming, 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 overcoming. So I have 
I think one last question for you. Okay. And I ask this of all of my guests that come onto the show. If you had a magic wand and you could change anything in the world, what would it be? The heart of the people. I feel mm. like even in entrepreneurship, we would be so much farther. If people had a better heart, a heart to give, a heart to serve, a heart to listen, a heart to just be a friend. Um, because sometimes several things I've learned in this journey of entrepreneurship and in just life in general, we tear each other down. Because we have a heart of jealousy or we have a heart of competition. Um, so if we could change the heart, we all would probably be millionaires because it wouldn't be no, it would be like, uh, let me, I, this is how I got this million. So now let me show you how to get this million. Um, so yeah. if I could change anything, I would do that because as an entrepreneur, it would help me as a human, it would help me. Um, so that would just be that one thing I would change is the heart of the people. I love that. And I love that you said that because collaboration is so important. Um, and we do focus so much on competition and jealousy and uh, we have the jealousy and envy and we're looking on social media. We see what everybody else is doing, comparing ourselves to everybody else. And it's just like, that's not it. We it, And we're doing that because we ha there's issues of the heart that we yep. need to tend to. Yep. And I think I said the other day, I think everyone everyone has a wound that they that they need to be healed yeah. there's one that you have that you probably don't even know about that you need healing and it's impacting you in your life and your business it, and, and it that's very true like that's one of the things why i do what i do like when i said i was writing this work well broken to grace that's one of the things we talk about you can be broken in the littlest area and it will shatter your whole entire life. And it's something that you didn't even think about. You're like, oh, I'm not even thinking about that no more. But deep down inside, it's impactful on who you are as a person. And who you are as a person plays out into your business and everything else that you do. So you have to repair the littlest things. You have to fix the little thing. If you feel, uh, you look at somebody and be like, oh, I can't stand them. You're broken right there. Yeah. That's brokenness. And you have to repair that in order to be successful. That is so true. That is so true. And I, I'm so grateful that I am self-reflective. So I can see that if I see that even creeping up in me, like I know I don't go into denial. I'm like, that's, that's not me. And I'm like, I, what is it in me that's causing me to have this feeling? Right. Right. What is this? This is something I need to address. And so instead of avoiding it and denying it, sit in it, realize that, yes, you're doing it and no, it's not that person. Um, and because a, a lady I spoke to the other day, she was saying how her friends were just hating on her. Like, and I was just like, so shy. But when people do that, realize it's not you. It's not even about them. Right? Exactly. It's them. And they're they are reflecting their hurt, their pain onto you. Exactly. And don't let them. Right. They're trying to transfer that hurt inside them, that pain onto you. Don't you accept it? Exactly. Um, but don't be upset about it either. I know it. I know it's hurtful. It's devastating, especially when people are close to you. And you're just like, oh, my God, like so shocked that this, people would even do such a thing. But I think if you look at it from a heart perspective, from a human perspective, 
Exactly. And I think if all of us took the time to really connect with each other as human beings, just the human in us, and understand that, that you know, it, we need to be forgiven, then we would be more ready and willing to forgive others. And then move on. <laughs> you touched on so many things that I, I'm telling you that I've already, I've been writing and I've been writing and it's just so many things, the forgiveness and the forgetfulness and the fixing, it's just so many things. We will have to talk about that yeah. today because it's just like, it's just so true. It, it is, but I think this is so important for um, for the audience because these are things that we we put to the side, we ignore, we deny, we avoid, we press down, and that only hurts us. We cannot function at our highest selves and be all that we can be for the people that we were called to serve. Yes. So we have to take care of us, and that's part of self-care. And yes. I'm for self-care because it's hard for us a lot, especially as women and especially black women, because we're such givers. We're always giving. Yep. And we're always holding up the world and giving to the world and um, breaking down. Inside down. Inside of, yes. Inside exactly. Down. Yes. Yep. So we're not taking care of us, but that's part of self-care, taking care of you, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health. Because any one of those is off balance, it will impact everything else. Yes. In your life and your business. So let's focus on the heart. I love that. I love that. Let's connect with each other on a heart level. If we do that, like B Marie said, and what I say all the time as entrepreneurs, if we connect on a heart level, that will allow us to work together, make impact together influence together and make more money together. It yes. would be so easy. I've been talking about it. And we talk about making a million dollars. That's my movement. That, that every woman profit a million dollars at minimum in her business. And we think it's impossible. It's not. It takes us working together. And I'm showing people, women, ways to do that. So we can, but it starts with the heart and making that human connection. Let's heal ourselves, right? And let's help heal others, right? Bring Let's come together. Let's do that. So thank you so much, B. Marie, for being on with us. You've been no so insightful. I've been empowered by your story, and I know others will. Um, I hope people will come. But um, ladies and gentlemen that's out there, if you love this show, please share it out. Um, we want everybody, as many people as can see this, that can be inspired, empowered by this show, to be empowered. Please invite them uh, to connect with us on the show. Uh, we want them to be part of this show, right? Um, because these stories will inspire, will empower, will give you more hope, will give you stronger faith, will move, help move you and propel you forward in your calling. So B. Marie, can you please remind everyone what you do and how they can contact you? Yes. Yeah, so what I do is I empower, motivate young women, girls, and just the women in general how to be empowered, how to be overcomers, and how to go from a broken place to a place of grace. Um, you can always find me on my website. My website is motivatedandempowered.com. Uh, my Facebook is B underscore Marie Crawford. 
my Instagram is B underscore underscore Marie underscore. <laughs> and if you want to email me, you can always email me at motivated and empowered at gmail.com. So awesome. We're so glad that you to have you on the show. So glad to hear your story. Want you to stay on after the show so we could chat a little bit. Yes. But ladies Thank and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you so much for um for tuning in today. B Marie will leave her contact information uh in the comments after the show so you can feel free to connect with her. Leave your questions in the comments. We always follow up to the show and interact with all of you all and answer your questions. Again, we're so glad you're here. Please do catch the replay if you missed the live. Again, we broadcast every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have openings. We have available dates coming up in September and October. So if you have a story, and I know you do, that you want to share that you know will impact lives, we invite you to apply online. You can go to bit.ly forward slash biz talk live show. Okay. That's B I B T dot L Y forward slash biz talk live show. Okay. And you can also sign up to be a sponsor. So if you would like to be a sponsor of the show and get brand exposure, we shout you out online. You get promo, uh, uh, promo posts and banners here on the show. We would love to have you as a sponsor and a supporter of other entrepreneurs. Okay. So thank you again for tuning in. We, until next time, you all continue to pursue your dreams. Have a great day. Bye.